This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. From Melbourne, the very talented Gosling there, Harvest of Gold. It's three after four. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. A huge thank you, as always, to the wonderful Matt Gleeson for a great burning vinyl. Love your work. I've got three great guests on the show this week. Kicking off real soon, I'll be talking to Rachel Cook and Felicity Marlowe about the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference, which is happening here in Melbourne on the 12th and the 13th of July. And it's a collaboration of the Victorian AIDS Council and the AIDS Council of New New South Wales. And I've got to say, VAC, the Victorian AIDS Council, is really focusing on all sorts of uh, really important issues for the queer community. They held a great conference about the future of queer activism this week. And uh, this conference about LGBTIQ women's health has a smorgasbord of queer women's health issues. So lots to talk about there. And at 4.35, I'll be talking to Phoebe LeBrock. All about queer collaborations, which is a conference that brings uni students from all around Australia together. And it'll be a happening thing in July as well at the University of Queensland in Brisbane. Alrighty, in the meantime, here is Madonna. There are too many questions. There is not one solution. There is no resurrection. There is so much confusion and the love profusion you make me feel you make me know and the love vibration you make me feel you make it shine there are You make me feel 
Madonna there, Love Profusion. It's almost 10 past four. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. I am so privileged to have Rachel Cook and Felicity Marlowe in the studio to talk about the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference, which is happening in July here in Melbourne, brought to us by the Victorian AIDS Council and the AIDS Council of New South Wales. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Rachel, let's start with you. Why did VAC and ACON decide to work together on this conference? Well, actually, how it came about was in 2015, VAC started the conference and that came out of a need of realising there had been literally very little work done in the space of LBQ Women's Health, um, either by mainstream or LGBTIQ health organisations. So we started seeing some pretty concerning research, uh, research that was basically showing that the health outcomes for LGBTIQ women was um, not as great as it, as it should be. Um, so the conference came about out of that. They were expecting 30 people. They got 300. Um, so then they realised, okay, we seem to be on to something here. Um, the next year they partnered with ACON and then so from then on out it's been one year Melbourne runs it, one year Sydney runs it and this year Melbourne is running it. So what are the main issues the conference will cover this year? What are some of those gaps that mm. the communities identified that there's a real urgency to address? Well, I think, you know, it, what's pretty interesting is how broad the conference is. So it's mm. sort of, you know, like I think when you say health conference, people think, oh, that could be a bit dry and boring, but actually it's so broad and diverse, you probably need to change the name up again because we are, of course, tackling sort of, I guess, sort of more mainstream and traditional health concerns such as cancer, um, mental health issues, um, alcohol and drug issues and those sorts of things, which are vitally important and we have shown from research that these a lot of these areas are affecting our community in a way that is at heightened levels compared to the heterosexual community, especially in areas of drinking and smoking and the lack of screening for things like cervical cancer and breast cancer. But as the conference has gone on and it's become this really sort of broad, diverse ground for speaking about a whole range of issues which affect LGBTIQ women, it's actually incorporating things such as um, what it is to be LGBTIQ and Aboriginal, what it is to be LGBTIQ and a refugee, um, and of course Felicity's fantastic panel as well. We've got you know what it is um, um, to be LGBTIQ and a sex worker. So it's an incredibly diverse panel, uh, so uh, conference, and there's no way I could cover all of it. Um, um, but all I can say is, you know, go and check out the um, program, which is online. It's, it's pretty extraordinary. Felicity, your workshop, which you're running, is focusing on supporting transgender and non-binary parents. How are you structuring it? What, what can we look forward to at that workshop? I hear it's been very popular. Well, thanks for having me, James, and it's been great to um, be part of the conference this year. I guess from Rainbow Family's point of view, we could also we also see health as a so in terms of the social model of health, and so one of the key tenants there is addressing social isolation. And it was really evident to us at Rainbow Families Victoria this year that trans, gender diverse, and non-binary parents and carers and prospective parents that are negotiating the system to create a family um, really needed some extra attention. And some of our community said, "Look, is there a way we could create a community meetup or a group that we could just talk together?" So we've just established a trans, gender diverse, and non-binary parents and carers meetup group. Um, we've met four times. So, and Rainbow Families Victoria is taking on the lead in terms of supporting the facilitation and um, other sort of structural things to get that organised. And we've had a really great um, level of interest from the community. So I guess participating in a conference like this is about saying, 
when we think of families, we need to be included in the LGBTI community and the way the communities think about um, the, the, the way in which we create relationships and the way we create families. So we don't want to be left out just because we've got kids. <laughs> um, and also we want to make sure that those elements within rainbow families that don't get as much airtime or aren't talked about as much in the mainstream media, such as people in same-sex couples, which is the sort of dominant story, also get a chance to air their stories and talk about the challenges and the sort of joys, I guess, of parenting as someone who's transgender diverse and non-binary. So the main focus of your workshop will be addressing isolation so people are no longer isolated and looking at developing bridges to get them out of that isolation, I guess. Yeah, so we're going to try to focus it on sort of three different areas. So one really will be to try and dissect and debate, I guess, what do we mean by family um, That's a really <laughs> complex issue. It's probably not it's, just one part of one workshop, no, is it? <laughs> no, but it's also it's also something that you know often people just assume it means a certain thing when it doesn't. So, how would you define family? Well, I guess as part of the queer community, I always feel really privileged that we have totally upended that dominant yeah. heteronormative sort of structure of what a family can be, whether it's through our relationships, the way we have intimate relationships or friendship relationships, the way we've created alternative families to the families of origin that some of us are no longer a part of or included in. Um, so I think it can be as broad as you like or as defined as you like based on your relationships with other people, whether they're intimate or not. And for rainbow families, it really is about saying um, if you are... Uh, one or more person, people in your family are, are lesbian, gay, bi, trans, gender diverse, queer or intersex or non-binary and you have kids or you're thinking about kids, then you can be a rainbow family. Um, it's an interesting time. There's a lot of discussion around broadening the de- de- definition of rainbow families um, to include children who are LGBTIQ or gender diverse or non-binary and their parents who may not be um, part of the, these our broad communities. So that's a different space. We're not really into that space yet. But I think it's generally, um, yeah, people that you care and nurture for, whether there are children or not. But I'm really interested to see as part of our debate discussion at the workshop, well, what does family mean to people? And then start to kind of dissect that a little bit to talk about how in the queer communities are we inclusive enough and do we make our events and services that we um, provide in the queer communities um, accessible to people who are in rainbow families? That's one part of it. (laughs) You and 19 other people feature in a great new documentary. It's just out. It's called It's More Complex Than Yes. It looks at all of the issues that came up for queer people during the postal survey debate and campaign. What were the main issues that came up for rainbow families that that you encountered? Uh, by far the the one that was the most dominant was that if people were having problems parenting or in their relationship or experiencing family violence or maybe their relationship was pretty on, shake, on shaky ground, um, they just felt like they couldn't talk about it. Everyone had to put those stories on hold because there was a real sense that if you talk publicly, even to parents in the playground or your own family of origin at a special event that you're having trouble um, parenting with your kids or whatever that you were letting the side down you that you were letting perfect. you had to be this sort of perfect you know coupled usually family that wasn't separated that was staying together that your kids were a grade doing really great at sport um, and there was just that sense that we had to band together and project something that showed that we were um, unfortunately normalized within the eyes of that debate and it was a really big missed opportunity to say actually we can challenge the whole notion of family and the whole structure of relationships within this 
massive federal national debate, but it really got quite constrained down to a very specific type of relationship and a specific type of family. So that was a really big missed opportunity for our community and one that people are still struggling with. Mm. Rachel, the theme of the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference is uh, resilience, research and respect, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yep. I imagine those words were pretty carefully chosen. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, amongst the working group and some others that we engaged in working out what the theme should be, um, one of our driving forces with choosing those words was that we are are actually running on the tail end of NADOC week. So we've been really aware of that and really aware of the part that we play as a community in recognising um, Aboriginal LBQ, um, LGBTIQ women and and just, you know, and being respectful of the fact that it is NADOC week and how we can actually incorporate parts of the the conference to respect that. So we actually have... um, a fantastic Aboriginal Voices panel, um, um, a number of people who will be speaking at the conference throughout on some of those issues, which would be absolutely excellent. I think if you come for nothing else, come for that session. And, of course, Felicity's. Um, <laughs> um, resilience, again, I think, you know, we look. We, the conference attracts this year we'll probably be looking at nearly 400 people. The age range is is, is, is from is just incredibly diverse and especially for some of the older women who come I think that it's really important to acknowledge the resilience that they've shown throughout the decades you know um, in some of the work I do I speak with older lesbians in regional and rural areas and some of their stories are just heartbreaking and really hard to hear and just and you forget um, um, especially for younger generations what some of um, our elders have had to go through so I think hearing those stories just existing just the invisibility absolutely and I think, you know, we'll be hearing those stories as well at the conference, um, which will be just fantastic for all of us to hear for the first time for some and, and again, for the rest of us. Um, and, of course, research. Well, it is a health conference and there is a lot of research that goes into um, some of the pieces that you will be hearing. Um, we've got, you know... The incredible um, Ruth McNair, of course, who's informed so much of our understanding of our community. Um, Julie Mooning Summers, who's also another incredible academic and researcher, who will be presenting her findings from the um, SWASH study. So, yeah, that's how it all came about. Now, LGBTIQ health can be a very political space, especially when you're bringing together two AIDS councils, <laughs> uh, ACON in New South Wales and VAC. Mm. Has there been much debate about uh, any issues that were perhaps left off the table that weren't included in the conference program? Uh, or have you managed to somehow nail it and and satisfy everyone? I, I hope we've nailed it. Um, I, I, it it's, I mean, it is incredibly diverse, but of course, I mean, you have to expect that um, it's, it's it's a really it, it is a we have a really broad community. It's really hard to represent everyone, but we are trying our best. And especially in the years before when the conference has run, they've asked for feedback every year, and some of that feedback has been absolutely vital in informing what we do in this year's conference. And we have listened to it completely. Um, the conference used to be called LBQ Women's Health Conference, and the feedback from, from you know um, lots of members of the community was you need to broaden it out, and of course we needed to do that because not only because did you need to include all the other letters, but also because the conference was already uh, already had that content there. So we had to actually you know look at that and say, well, how do we make this um, as inclusive as possible? And that has to be shown in the name of the conference and in the content. So look, hopefully we've got it right. But as I said, we are absolutely um, open to hearing all suggestions during the conference and, of course, after.
It's awesome. You're covering uh, queer refugee issues mm. uh, for for queer refugee women. That's an issue that's often overlooked or or not able to be addressed. What's your focus on in relation to to women who are refugees and queer? Okay, so we have a brilliant um, presenter, Tina Dixon, who I actually got to see and do a workshop with her at the Health Indifference Conference in Sydney a couple of months ago. Uh, Tina um, basically runs this workshop and talks about all of the issues that it is to be um, refugee and queer, and some of those issues are quite... um, Unexpected, and especially um, one of the things that she talks about is being asked where you're from, and how that can just be not only a really triggering thing as a refugee, but also it can actually just make you feel like you're not have you have not been accepted. You're not you're not at home. You know, as far as she's concerned, you know, people say where you're from. She says Newtown. Um, She doesn't want to go into her story every single time she meets someone, Um, which can be very traumatic. Absolutely, and time consuming. Yeah, and um, and so she talks about that quite a bit and the importance of actually just you know respecting that if people are not pushing them if, if they make it quite obvious they don't want to actually speak about their story all the time um yeah so tina's workshop is one of the things that i would highly recommend going along to i mean i, I every time i do an interview I, I i pick out something that i'm always thinking that'll be the thing you know not to miss but I really don't think there'll be anything not to miss. And considering, you know, our prices are very reasonable, you can come along for as little as $25. Yeah, there'll be be something to take away for everyone, I'm sure. All right, give us those details so people can register and go along. Okay, so if you head to lbq.org.au, you'll find our website and you can register there and check out the program or um, simply just Google. LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference, you'll find us, or hashtag LGBTIQWHC18. It's a long one, I know. We have to get used to our acronyms in this community, we do. don't we? <laughs> we still do. We're getting more and more, which is wonderful. Felicity Marlowe, Rachel Cook, thank you so much for joining us today on 3CR and best of luck with the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference brought to us by the AIDS Council of New South Wales and, of course, our very own Victorian AIDS Council. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. 21 after four, you're on In Your Face on 3CR. Here's Lady Gaga. Last 
But I've had a couple drinks and oh my god. <laughs>
Aretha Franklin, you're all I need to get by. It's just after 4.30 on In Your Face on 3CR with James. We also had Lady Gaga in there with Six Streams. Up real soon, I'll be talking to Phoebe Le Baroque all about the uh, Queer Collaborations Conference, which brings together queer uni students from all around Australia. It's a happening thing at the University of Queensland in Brisbane next month. But in the meantime, here are the church. Taste of victory I'm almost with you 
church there with their classic I'm Almost With You. It's 25 to 5. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. While the Queer Collaborations Conference brings together LGBTIQ university students from all around Australia, on the line I have Phoebe LeBrock, who's one of the organisers of the conference. Welcome to 3CR, Phoebe. Hi, James. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on board. So tell me, what's the main goal of Queer Collaborations? Well, I guess the best value in queer collaborations is that it allows queer students from around Australia to unite and discuss the current issues that are facing our generation. So what made you decide to get involved as one of the organisers? It's a big job. It has been a really like great opportunity, to be honest. And because it moves from university to university every year, when it came to UQ, we you know really didn't know whether we'd see it in Brisbane in the next five years again. So there was you know, no question whether or not I'd love to, you know, join up and help out. So what does queer collaborations hope to achieve for transgender or gender questioning or gender diverse students? Well, we have four national autonomous caucus or caucuses that are hosted yearly as per the queer collaborations policy. And one of those is Tis Good, so for trans, intersex and gender diverse people. We also have several workshops that are hosted by trans and gender diverse people and they all focus on issues facing Tis Good persons. Um, Queer Collaborations really endeavours to put discourse about trans and gender questioning and gender diverse people in the rightful hands of those who identify with it. Because it's a challenging issue. It's great that it's an issue that's getting a voice. It's challenging because there's a lot of discrimination for trans and gender questioning people and often it's an issue that's swept under the carpet. Um, Do you find Mm -hmm. in Queensland as a university student and also from your your feedback from your peers in other states that there's much transphobia on Australian university campuses? A lot of the transphobia is more of an inherent uh, institutionalised issue. I feel like a lot of people don't realise how transphobia can transcend spaces and it comes across in ways that are really harmful to trans people but are also not as obvious to people who aren't aware of those issues. So how does queer collaborations tackle the, the, the issue that's getting a lot of coverage at the moment, a lot of discussion, the issue of bi erasure? Uh, what's the conference going to do to kind of, you know, address that issue, to give a voice to bi people? Well, bi erasure is definitely going to be something that we're going to be debating during our conference floor. We also do have a couple um, workshops. I'm hosting one myself talking about um, multi-gendered attracted people and how we kind of have to trans uh, you know, relate the space between the straight world and the queer world and what it's like to be in that tricky position. And what is that like? Like what's your own experience of, of navigating that zone like? It's really a difficult period to have to be in a queer space and to see queer people who are very happy, like very happily can bring their partners into this queer space. But you may feel that if you are someone who's dating a cis-het person, you may feel that that person isn't welcome in those queer spaces. But it would be lovely if we could 
welcome those people who are partners of bisexual people into queer spaces as, you know, kind of like these guest members who are within our community as well. University life can be a very isolating experience for many LGBTIQ folks. Um, what do you think student unions could do better to address that? Definitely, we need to advocate for queer-friendly spaces, especially when it comes to gender-neutral bathrooms and accessible bathrooms. There's also, like, definitely a need for a queer safe space on every campus in Australia. And is that something that's not there at the moment? Like, is, uh, is that something that, you know, many universities are lacking, that kind of safe space? Um, it definitely is. And we're really lucky at UQ to have a safe space that is dedicated for queer youth. But I do know of some campuses, and it does tend to be in the rural areas that have not yet had that queer space provided for them. And beyond that, we just need more ally training for university staff and and students, especially for respect for trans and gender diverse people. Yeah, I imagine in some universities, especially in rural areas, there's quite a bit of discrimination towards queer people from university staff. Is that what you're hearing? We do hear this come across a lot, and that's why we have groups such as the Rural and Regional Alliance of Queer Students. Um, These groups that, you know, they take all that information in and they give rural students a place where they can discuss it and, you know, present how we can challenge it. You mentioned gender-neutral bathrooms. Is there much debate on Aussie university campuses about the creation of gender-neutral bathrooms? I mean, if you go by online content, there does seem to be quite a lot of discourse when it does come to establishing them. But we do see them around a lot, but some people seem to have an issue with establishing more, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, you mentioned you mentioned online communication. Do you find that queer students are getting harassed online from other students? Is 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 that a space where where, you know, university campuses need to do more work to address online harassment? Well, thankfully in my experiences I've seen it become less prevalent. Um, especially when it comes to university groups that are online and that operate online. It seems to be becoming less and less of a thing to see homophobia and transphobia as, you know, like something that's debated online and something that is tolerated online. To what extent will queer collaborations address issues for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander queer students? Well, we do have the conference for POC KLD students, so the people of colour, the culturally and linguistically diverse. So we do have that space where they also can come together and talk about the issues that are currently facing them. We also do endeavour to keep queer collaborations as up-to-date and possible and involved with our outer community that is in the same margins that we are. So how many people are you expecting at the conference? It sounds like a great gathering. Yeah, well, with tickets still kind of on sale right now. We're hoping that we're going to probably hit about 150 for the whole week, which is fantastic. So it goes for a whole week? It does go for a whole week, yes. We have events from uh, Sunday up to Saturday. So what's the what's the date of the conference? The first date of conference floor is the 1st of July. Fantastic. So not too far away. Now, I've got to ask you, Phoebe, it sounds like an awesome program. What's the highlight, do you think? What's that workshop that you think uh, is the most kind of, you know, exciting? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be our inaugural AQSN Awards Gala Night. Oh, really? Which is happening on the Thursday night. Tell yes, me more about that. Yes, we're doing an awards night. Um, so 
on the Thursday night, uh, which is the 5th of July, we are inviting speakers such as Paige Wilcox, who won the award at um, the Brisbane Pride Awards recently for um, Trans Activist of the Year. And we have 10 categories open, and anyone is able to nominate queer students around Australia to receive an award for those categories. Awesome. Phoebe LeBrock, best of luck with queer collaborations, and thank you so much for talking to us today on 3CR. It's great to talk to you. Excellent. Thank you so much, James. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. And that was Phoebe LeBrock talking about queer collaborations. It kicks off on the 1st of July at the University of Queensland in Brisbane. It's almost a quarter to five. You're on In Your Face on 3CR. And here's Linda Ronstadt. our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419-8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one.
From their awesome album Wildflowers. It took them 16 years to make it. That was the Avalanches because I'm me. It's 10 to 5. Up real soon, Jacob with a Friday rave. He's a happening thing here on 3CR from 5 to 5.30, followed by the Sewer Show. But in the meantime, more music on in your face. Here's Barry.
unmistakably 90s sound of Berry there, Sunshine. After the rain, it's 5 to 5. I am out of here. Jacob is up next with a Friday rave. Thanks so much to my guests, Felicity Marlowe, Rachel Cook, and Phoebe LeBrock. Uh, all wonderful women talking about great conferences. Of course, the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference uh, and also Queer Collaborations, both happening in July. Alrighty, I am out of here. Uh, taking us out to TLC featuring Lisa one Eye Lopez and a remix of Waterfalls. Have a great weekend, everyone.
aspirations and hopes are coming true. Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me and you. Go, go, You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.